for another exciting episode of No Driving Gloves, where Derek, John, and Will will use over 75 years combined industry knowledge to bring you a bare-knuckled view on the collector car hobby. So let's get rolling. How are you guys doing this week? Fantastic. Tired. So you don't tell me you've been working all week and doing late nights, Will. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, unfortunately, I wouldn't be, I wasn't able to you know, grace everybody with my presence last week because we were working. And, um, actually it's, uh, what we're an hour and 20 minutes late recording tonight because of me, um, at nine twenty one, and, uh, just, just really quitting for the day. And I still got guys out there going. So yeah, it's, uh, Pushing to get a car out of the fab shop and into the body shop. So that's that's what we're doing. I'd say our download numbers kind of reflected uh, you miss, missing the show last week. I'm not going to tell you if they were up or down, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, generally they're up when I'm not around. Uh, that's the way it's been in the past. So uh, maybe I just need to quit, you think? What do you think? No, everybody tells me i got to be careful editing Will. Because <laughs> you kind of bring humor to this. They're oh, laughing no, no, at you, not with you. And you're fantastic. There, there you go. Uh, I might have made that up, but sure, we'll go with it. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm kind of like Will. I've been, you know, working a lot of hours and uh, got the side work going with the Model A that we've talked about before and just seems to uh, keep going. And then, of course... You got to get ready for the holidays. So after I get done working on the Model A at night, I come home and keep going with holiday stuff. So it's been a lot of late nights. Uh, nothing as probably fun as Will working in the shop late at night, but you know we're we're carrying on. I've just been playing with my uh, new uh, 3D printer toy. Kind of uh, amazing lear- learning the ins and outs of that technology. Really not not much else. See here, I've been doing three-day weekends because of our vacation policy at the day job. And uh, no, I feel sorry for you guys. I, I've had it pretty easy for the last month. That don't surprise me. I, I thought you've had it easy for like your whole career. <laughs> it takes skill to have that kind of dedication to laziness and being able to pull it off. But in all of this sitting around, not doing anything, spend a little bit of time on the interwebs. And if you guys haven't heard, I'm sure somehow we will be involved with it, whether or not we're just tagging along or showing up up at a couple of events. But the Hot Rod Power Tour will be in June of 2018. And it begins up in Bowling Green, just down the street from Derrick. On the first day, second day goes to Chattanooga. And I haven't read exactly where they're going, but we got a, I got a feeling Corky, Corky Coker is going to be involved with that one. And then they're going to cruise on down, and they'll be about two miles from my homestead at uh, in Hoover. Just Hoover's a, Hoover's a suburb of Birmingham, if you're not local. And so we should have a pretty good 
shot at being around the power tour and hopefully broadcasting from some of that or maybe doing some interviews there, whether or not we get media passes or we have to go rogue, but hopefully the podcast can be there. And if you're anywhere on the power tour stops, they go Bowling Green, drop down to Birmingham and then turn, I guess, since they're heading south, they'll turn left and end up somewhere in North Carolina. Looks to be a pretty good week of the hot rods and street rods and custom cars and billet aluminum. Hey, even if we get media passes, can we still go rogue sometimes? Because that'll just be a lot funner. Don't ask permission. Ask forgiveness. It works a lot better, I find. Exactly. So I came across that one. Figured I'd let everybody know. It's kind of a classic car, hot rodding type thing to keep this on topic. And we don't know where we're going to go with this one. I heard about a car show, read about it in the summer, and thought, oh, that's a pretty cool idea. But nobody ever said anything, never gained any traction. And then they did one, and that was, I can't remember where at in California. Then they did one uh, two weeks ago, week ago, in Phoenix called Radwood. And it's a play on the Goodwood Festival of Speed. And we've talked before. I'm into CRXs. I'm into 80s Chryslers. And Radwood is a car show for what I'm going to say is the up-and-coming car collector, the people in their 40s and 50s. One of the articles I read, and no offense to our older listeners, they said there probably wasn't an AARP card to be found in the crowd. I believe that was the quote from Bring a Trailer. Because it's, again, people in their 40s and 50s with their cars from the 80s and 90s, and that's what Radwood lets in is cars, 80s cars, 90s cars, you dress period, so you ha- you know Tom Selleck wannabes there, Burt Reynolds wannabes, Miami Vice is just screaming there, pastels and Don Johnson and boat shoes and aluminum briefcases, and there was a story about a guy who was traveling to Radwood, who got held up at uh, at the airport because he was he was sm- he was bringing fake drugs to the shows for one of his props to go with his car, and it's. Being in Phoenix and the huge car culture there, they had you know they had everything from a Ford Escort to the 560 SEC with gullwing doors and wide body and subwoofers and you know the thing oozing billet wheels from Boyd and this kind of cool stuff and it kind it's really got me stuck on stuck on the 80s and the 80 cars out there and. Do you guys have any opinions, thoughts about the 80s and car culture, I want to say, in the 80s? I want to jump in and go back to something you said a minute ago that you said, I believe it was Bringing Trailer, had a comment which said there wasn't an AARP card to be found in the bunch. And I think that's probably the cool thing about this show, and we've talked about it a little bit in past episodes where um, some of the shows are starting to let in more modern cars, cutoff dates are are moving up. This show now we're seeing strictly for 80s and 90s cars. And it's kind of what we talked about in the past episode, where this is what's going to get the youth into the car hobby again and and get them, you know, coming out to the shows and, and becoming part of the community. So I think that was actually a really great uh you know, comment out of the article 
that you just pulled out there. No, and I, I'm totally in agreement because it it gives me a place. If you know, if I was to go out and buy a CRX, because right right now I'm I'm contemplating buying another toy car. I'd love to have a toy car next next summer to play with. And I've been telling myself for a while, I just need to tell the world to mind their own business, and I don't need to buy a Porsche, I don't need to buy a Ferrari, I don't need to buy a hot rod, I need to buy what I like. And whether I go out and buy a Rampage, you know, that 86 or 84 Dodge convertible I want, or a CRX, Radwood gives me a place to take it. And the amount of traction this show has gotten in the last couple of weeks is just amazing the 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 so, the social media buzz there's a facebook page on it now and it could you know it could really begin that vitalization it's not a revitalization a vitalization of that era of cars and collecting because now i've got a place to go if i go to our local uh AMC, or i want to say amca aaca uh, car show, they're going to laugh at me if I pull up in a CRX. I can get away with it at our cars and coffee and a couple of the other things. But for a show to go and that car to be accepted, it, it it's really appealing to me. You know, there's a thought in the back of my head. I'd, I'd love to put together one of these in the Southeast. And I'm sure there's somebody thinking about that in Boston and in Chicago and in Indianapolis. I think what the guys at Rad would have done, and I, I need to reach out and talk to them and find the organizers and figure out the business plan and business model behind this thing, because this seems to be a really, like I said, for, for a show that's done this twice, and now they've scheduled to partner with the Lemons Racing Series in Sonoma in March to do Radwood, which is the 80s cars and 80s themes, along with the Concours de Lemons, which is the showing off of these, you know, makes fun of the Concours de Elegances, and they're five, six, seven hundred dollar cars people are showing. And then there's a the complimentary show called Billet Proof, which is for traditional street rides. No billet accessories, no uh, catalog ordered parts. Traditional hot rods. Yes. Not not street rods. Um, I'm sorry. I still, still, uh, you're teaching me, Will, but I'm still bad. I still use hot rods and street rods as synonyms, and I know you've lectured me on it off air. Maybe you should lecture me on air, but <laughs> that it's, it's very, you know, it, it, th those are the things I enjoy. I, you know, it's, it's a level of craftsmanship when it comes to those hot rods is, be, you know, before everything, we talked a couple of weeks ago about, you know, Moon Eyes and SoCal Speed Shop and how they made it, made the hobby attainable to everybody, but it lost a lot of that hand craftsmanship. These shows really appeal to me from just the hands-on point of view to the actively getting the youth involved in the hobby. And then I, I love the 80s. Like I say, I am waiting for the day for the mullet to come back into style. <laughs> well, I... I hate to kind of be a humbug, but I am not an 80s person. Um, to me, there wasn't uh, a whole lot of good that came out of the 80s. Of course, I, I grew up in the 80s. I was born in 79. So obviously, I didn't really get to experience the 80s. Um, but 
to me, I, I, I'm not a big fan of most of the music. I'm not a big fan of most of the cars. Um, I am a fan of some of the music in some of the cars, but the whole, you know, lifestyle of Don Johnson and Miami Vice and, and all that stuff does not appeal to me at all. But you, however, however, I'm not done. However, I would support this type of show for the sheer fact of there may be that kid out there that that's what he can afford and that's what he can go to and that gets him into the automotive and the car hobby. I'm I'm for that 100%. I, it, if, if something happens, John, and, and you, you do help get one of these shows in the Southeast, I will do everything I can to be there and support it as much as I can. It's just not, it's not something that I'm going to really get into. I'm not going to play the part. I'm not going to show up dressed like somebody, you know, I, I may wear a t-shirt that has a cassette tape on it that says, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm 80s out here or something, you know, but, that's about as far as it go for me. <laughs> well, you you were 10 at the end of the 80s, and I'm not a big 70s person. I don't understand disco and things like that when I was 10 years old at the end of the 70s. You know, I was, bo- I was yes. born in 71. So it, it's completely understandable, but that, but you start incorporating the 90s cars. I'm, I'm sure you would enjoy a little bit of uh, Nirvana or Limp Bizkit or one of those bands playing in the background as opposed to the Beach Boys. You would you, oh, you oh. would enjoy a 96 Impala SS and LT1 motors and things like that, you know, pre-LS yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, and and I'm a fan of 80 Chevrolet trucks. I'm, I'm a fan of Chevrolet trucks from the first one built to the last one built, just to be honest with you. Um, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a square body fan. I've had probably 20 of them. Uh, I still own the very first one I ever owned, which was uh, an 85 two-wheel drive K5 Blazer. So, I mean, yes, there are things in the 80s that I do like. So, in, in the 90s, you know, I could I could throw my, my Blazer together in a 1999 fashion, uh, which I still like. Um you know, they had air ride in 99. They had big wheels. They had big brakes. They had LS motors in 99. So, um, so technically I could build something that would please me today that would fit into that category. I've noticed Derek's a little bit quiet. Now he needs to, you know, I'm, I'm a little offended. I was going to say that. <laughs> I'm I'm a little offended here because you know Will's Will's sitting here saying nothing good came out of the 1980s. I was born in 1983. Okay, I am the only good thing that came out of the 1980s. Oh, you're just an 80s baby. Come that on, that and Ford Escort ponies. <laughs> exactly. Square body. Well, see, square bodies came out in the 70s. Weren't they? They were. They were about 74 or so. 73. Now, I will say, Will, you touched on something interesting, and that was, or at least what I think is interesting in this conversation, which is you brought up the fact that these might be the only type of cars that 
the the youth that are getting involved here can afford. And I think we can flip that around a little bit and ask the question, is Radwood, are these 80s, 90s era shows, are these the shows that are going to start driving the prices of some of these vehicles up as into the collector car price market? You know, are we going to see an uh, increase in 80s Mustangs in you know 1990s Impala SS? Are we going to start seeing an increase in their values? And I'll say... I probably wouldn't have an 80s car there because I can't really think of a great 80s car that I would want to drive to one of these shows. But I, I wouldn't mind going out and buying another 1993 Beretta GT like I had as essentially my first high school driver car and uh, showing up to one of these shows in a 93 Beretta GT. I mean, that's I had a lot of fun in that car. There's a lot of good memories there in that car. So, you know, I can see having some fun at the show. Well, okay, 1980s, I might roll up in a Chevette. I don't know. <laughs> I, I watch a lot, and like I say, I do bring a read, bring a trailer every day. I read uh, probably six or seven different for sale emails, and I get probably 100 cars across my desk a day that's for sale. Since Radwood a week ago, week and a half ago, I've seen a Beretta GTZ. I've seen a Beretta Indy pace car in the, the teal color they were available in. I've seen an old Cutlass convertible pace car. All of a sudden, these cars are popping. They're on the people that are riding these radars. Uh, somebody sent me a Rampage this week. I think it was totally unrelated. But it was a $3,000 Rampage that it was probably recently painted, but it looked like it was painted in the 80s. It was very 80s-ish graphics on it. That's what I was saying is it gives me a place to feel be- that I belong with my CRX or with my 80s Chry- Chrysler or my, you know, turbo four-cylinder laser or which, anything like that. And then, of course, Fox Body Mustangs drop right in there as long as you don't put a Coyote motor in it. Uh, the Camaros, which are uncollectible, drop in there. The early Miatas drop in there. I want to say if I was to put together one of these shows, I might back it up to 75 just because. Cars after muscle cars died in what 72 or 73 is what everybody says. So let's back it up to 75. That gives a place for the Dodge Tradesman vans that were sold by Dodge on the dealership lots with the bubble porthole windows and shag interior, and gives a place for the vanning culture to go back to. Which, and again, watching these things for sale and watching eBay. These 70s era vans are kind of hot. They're never going to be mainstream collectible, but there's a niche and it gives that that niche. So I think putting it the last 25 years of the 20th century, as scary as some of those years were, I think it it's really it's really opened my eyes to go, hey, these guys have something. Let's maybe that's what we need to help build on. You know, Good Guys is rolling like crazy with their shows. Uh, we talked about the Power Tour. Hot Rodding is strong. The AACA has their national meets and their meets everywhere and their swap meets. And those places are still packed. Those cars are taken care of. It's You go to a Friday night cruise-in or a Saturday night cruise-in anywhere, it's full of your 60s muscle cars. I think, you know, you, you're not, you, know, you don't get that every Friday, but it's got to start somewhere. 
I look, you know, I looked at this topic talking about the cool cars from the '80s or the cool cars from the '90s, but we're talking more making the youth involved in the acceptance of them. Well, I mean, what three, three, four episodes ago, we did the, you know, the guy made the, you know, worthless collectible cars of the. You know, most of them are in the eighties. Yeah, the, the most worthless collectible cars, the eighties and nineties. Yeah, I mean, and we totally bashed that dude's, you know, article that he written. You know, so I mean, here we go. I mean, we're we're it's crazy that we keep bringing this up about the eighties and the nineties cars, and and good guys has opened up to eighty seven. So, you know. Love it or hate it, it's coming. People are going to start building these cars. They're going to start buying these cars. If you want that really nice Beretta GT, you better go get it right now because I guarantee you five, ten years from now, you're not going to build, you're not going to find it. There's probably still some floating around out, out there right now. Um, but Five or six years from now, you're you're not gonna find it. It's gonna be gone, and that guy's not gonna want to get rid of it. So, I mean, it it's coming, and it's coming fast. I agree with Will because I think it's like we've talked about in the past, where you know, even our you know, Will's dad and my dad, we've talked about in the past, where as they were in their youth or their you know. 30s 40s they were saying oh well i'm never gonna own that car or i'm you know why would anyone ever want to collect that car we're just starting to see that turnaround and now it's going to be the 80s and 90s cars like will said like we've talked about in the past these are going to be the next cars they're you know as will said they're going to be hot they're going to be starting to get bought up john you've already pointed out there's a bunch of them on bring a trailer Prices are going up on them. People are wanting them. I, I mean, I've looked for Beretta GTs in the past, over the past few years, thinking, oh, should I get one and just have it just for fun? And I've seen the price go up every year on those a little bit. And it's just, it's what's happening. It's the next step, as we've talked about, in the collector car uh, world, in the hobby, where the kids that are in their 20s now that's the cars from their youth. And next thing you know, you're going to roll into a car show and Backstreet Boys are going to be playing. <laughs> yeah, I went, went ahead and did a quick Google search here. On barnfinds.com, since September, October 31st, there's a Quad 4 equipped 1990 Beretta GTZ. On August, or excuse me, October 9th, there's a 17,000 mile 89 Beretta GT 5 speed. Uh, and this car, this car is maroon, et cetera. I had a buddy when I was in high school, drove this car, uh, ended up crashing it and long story. But uh, then we go on and here's the uh, graphics intact 1990 Beretta Indy that was listed on August 28th for sale. Uh, 33,000 mile 88 Beretta on August 30th. And then one, they say impossible to find, and they're right. When's the last time you saw a 92 Chevrolet Lumina Z34 with a five-speed? That oh, was wow. for sale on August 29th. These things are here. Pace Car Edition, 92 Cadillac Alante. That was for sale in September. 
they, this is a show where these cars belong and they, they would fit in right now. And this show, even if it's small, it gives a place for these cars to go and be shown and be saved because what, be honest, if it wasn't for a Radwood type show or such, where would you go with a 92 Chevrolet Lumina Z34? To the meth lab. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was a Pontiac. That's a Pontiac Aztec. (laughs) Which by the way, even though it's, even though it's a, post 2000 are becoming collectible. I think part of that is the show that drove it, but the Aztec I've recently read and I'll agree with the reason we have the BMW 6M, the reason we have this new Mercedes car like SUV and such with the slope back. And I can never, I can never remember what it is. GLS, GLC, whatever is because of the Aztec. The Aztec kind of brought this, car-like, non-SUV, slope hatchback thing. Um, You know, most SUVs we think of are really a derivative of the old Chevrolet Tahoes and Suburbans. You know, it's kind of boxy, and, you know, my my edge is about as round as they got until BMW and that came out with these, but really the Aztec was the predecessor to them. And as ugly as they were, they had a lot of neat features that have creeped across a lot of cars, little options that were in them, the, the multi-configurable seats, the the cooler that was built into the center console, just little things like that, which were radical when the Aztec came out. It was just unfortunate that I guess the, uh, the designer was also a customer of the same show or the main character on the same show. <laughs> Well, they got a little off topic, but I think the, again, yeah, this is the beginning of something new. It's like any other show that starts, and I I find it interesting that it is including the idea of dressing the part and actually dressing in period clothing of the eighties or nineties, mainly because there's, there aren't really a lot of shows that really promote that idea of doing that. You know, Goodwood revival does that, you know, there, you have to dress in the fifties, sixties era, uh, clothing the racing outfits whatever you have that is of that era uh, you have to dress in it to be able to even go to the event and get into certain areas of the event and beyond that there's very few other shows i mean there's old car festival at henry ford museum that we've talked about out in greenfield village and a lot of the participants that uh, come to the show dress in period clothing to the vehicle they brought, but it's not something necessarily highly encouraged by old car festival. It's just what the participants have decided to do. And, and over the years of that show happening, it's become more and more popular. I think that's an interesting kind of feature of the show as well, that there is that part of it of dressing the part Because for those of us that lived through the 80s and 90s, and granted, I was born in the 80s, so I didn't see a a lot of the 80s. I did see a lot of the 90s. I really don't want to ever dress like that again. 
it's not not the greatest fashion and i see some people bringing the 80s and 90s back now in everyday life and uh i i I don't i'm i'm kind of with will on that one i don't know that i could show up in my pastel uh you know and and white you know sport coat uh with boat shoes on and and pop out of my whatever car i was driving be it the beretta be it a delorean be it a you know 80s ferrari whatever um i'll show up in the car i don't know if i'll wear the suit i would say i remember rolling out of my dodge omni 024 with a couple of buddies um and you know guest jeans and our jean jackets with our metallica patches and poison patches and whatever else uh mega death patches sewn on them so it doesn't have to be pastels or you can go the complete other way and you get your Ray-Bans and your members only jacket and your, your polo shirt, your sweater tied around your waist. I mean, it, 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 not everybody dressed like Don what Johnson. About, what about and, your, and, 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 and I'm sure flannel yeah. comes in somewhere I was just a couple gonna of years that. later. Can I, can but, I throw on my um, ribbon jeans and flannel? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You gotta have tight rolled stonewashed jeans. Yeah. True. True. Roll them up. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We- I, I don't have those in my closet, but I might actually have some of the other stuff I've referred to. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it's it's kind of funny you mentioned. If I had more hair, I'd do what my sister did and, and have the rooster bangs, you know. I've recently been had my, having my hair cut by this girl I know uh, who, who's a hair student, and she's doing all these extension classes so I can have my mullet put in just for the weekend. There you go. It's kind of funny you mentioned members only jacket. Uh, one of my really good fabricators out in the shop, he's uh, he got his grandfather's old members only jacket, and he wears it to work a good bit. It's it's pretty cool seeing him walk in with it on. Because <laughs> it's about ten years ago, members only or whatever company owns the name now tried to reintroduce that. It didn't really fly again. I mean, <laughs> but. It's it's an icon of the era. You're right. But I re- I remember my Z Cavarucci's. I remember IOU, and it's it's just like you know Abercrombie and Fitch from the late '90s and early 2000s, or whenever whenever their their stores were in every mall or in three places in every mall. People are going to do it. You know, we're talking about this now, and I'm sure whatever we have for podcasting in 20 years. Hopefully there'll be three guys sitting around going, Oh God, they're, they're actually talking about doing the, the, the aughts and the teens. And there's a car show and they're bringing, this is the way this stuff rolls. And this is the, I think how it happens. And I, I've repeated myself 14 times now. I'm sure all the listeners are bored with me. I just keep having all of my stuff rolling through my head and, um, what I wouldn't give to go find an old AMG Hammer Mercedes and <laughs> go to one of these shows. <laughs> Which, by the way, there was one recently for sale. So, <laughs> see, I'd, I'd have to roll up in my square body Chevrolet truck. You know, full size square bodies weren't well, maybe more in the nineties. But look at. I, I'm thinking back to my mini truck days and Will really wants me to build that Isuzu convertible again. You've got that. You've got your 
Mazda mini trucks with it, their Testarossa body kits on it. I've recently seen those for but sale. I, I'm um, not going to so, build that. <laughs> it's ugly. I don't care. I didn't like it then, and I sure as hell don't like it now. So if if I go, I want to show up in something that I like. Okay? I, I mean, ugh. I'm I'm not rolling up in a in a four headlight Mustang two or a, or a, or a Fox body Mustang. I mean, I, no. I I I see Will potentially if he he coming in in one of the new round body Chevys, the an eighty eight or eighty nine. Because I, I remember my, I remember an article, and it had to be see here, where I was living in Bloomington, so ninety two, ninety three, and I can't be that late because I remember reading about Boyd Coddington doing the first chop on one of these trucks yeah. and laying back the windshield and the 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 fifteen inch boy or Boyd wheels, you know one ninety five fifty fifteens were the radical tire right then. You didn't want to be going through, you know, Iowa with those tires without having one in the bed, because if you got a flat, you weren't going to find it. And it's kind of like today, but it's because nobody makes a 195 50 15 because nobody has 15 inch wheels. Nope. nope. But that, that was the radical thing. And then you got into 16s and 17s. I've I've got you guys all, I've got you guys all beat. Okay. I know exactly what I'm showing up in. One of the 1989 to 1995 Ford Shoguns. Yeah. You, you you calling your buddy out in California and saying if Leno's going to lend it to you? I'll find one somehow, okay? <laughs> I, I, I could show up in a Grand National, you know? I could roll one of those. Then that, that would work. And I was going to add to Derek's that I actually know a guy in Virginia used to work with him that collects uh, Ford Festivas. It's not quite a show gun. Yeah, that's, that's what I was, I was thinking of the Festiva. Very much alike. And it made, yeah, it made me think of the Shogun. And for the listeners that don't know, the Shogun is a Ford Festiva, which was a very boxy, Econo car that's some company came and I think they went, they built 27 of them or something. And no, they put a Ford Taurus SHO or, or uh, they put a Ford Taurus SHO motor in the back of it and it put a little bit, a little bit of a wide body for real car people. Think the uh, Renault R5 turbos, kind of like a lay car with a rear mounted turbocharged crazy horsepower motor that's exactly what the shogun was and uh if you search leno shogun he's got one and he talks about it and some other famous comedian has one but they're insane cars i i could roll a taurus sho i remember my my mom and dad had one and uh man that thing would get down it would roll one of the Yamaha, yeah, yeah, Yamaha six yeah, cylinder. one of the V six Yamaha motors, and it was a five speed. You just couldn't dump the clutch; it'd shove the clutch in a. I mean, just like that. So, I know I've seen me do it. 
220 horsepower, which was radical for the day in a front-wheel drive car. It had torque steer from hell. <laughs> kind of a, a kind of a play on the uh, Dodge Omni uh, GLH or GLHS, you know, the, you know, just way too much power for a front-wheel drive car. But that's all people had to choose from was that, that chassis. And all right, I know what I'm showing up in a solid white Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing. And I've seen one of those for sale recently. (laughs) We know exactly what you'd go for. (laughs) The slightly curved front end one. (laughs) Oh. You have a guy in the back on a a bread box cell phone. That's right. That's right. And we're going after the hottest chicks there. Yeah, I just have this whole thing planned out in my head. The show, I'd love to do it at a drive-in theater, play some 80s or 80s movies, start at mid-afternoon because not, we're we're products of the 80s. We don't like to get up in the morning. So, we start the show at 3 in the afternoon and have a little bit of a car show and then roll right into a drive-in movie in the evening and play I I think I've alluded to you you play Cobra on one screen and maybe uh cannonball run on another screen and i can't i'm having a tough time on car movies from the uh 80s and 90s they really didn't make good car they've never really made great car movies but especially topic 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 for future show especially in the 80s you know we're coming off cannonball run we can squeeze uh no excuse me we're coming off um Smokey and the Bandit, and then you, we can squeeze uh, Cannonball Run in because that's, I believe that's 1980 release. It could I mean, be you could throw the Blues Brothers in there. No, I guess that was released in 80. That's seven. Is that okay? I thought that was 77, but it was a 74 Chrysler in there, which was funny. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day who's been buying up old uh, Crown Vic police cars that are decommissioned and then cleaning them up and then reselling them. And he was talking about how hot, et cetera, they were. And all I could think of was, you know, cop motor, cop tires, cop shocks, whatever. So now, you know what else would be pretty sweet to show up into the show? The, the rounded out 19, you know, the eight, I think it was like mid eighties into the late eighties, Ford Thunderbird. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. You could paint it up like <laughs> Bill Elliott's NASCAR, dude. Dude, now we're talking. Oh, we, buddy had the '88 Cougar, uh, or his parents did, and he borrowed his parents' car, and we wouldn't go out in his four-door Chevette. He had an '82 blue four-door Chevette four-speed, but we could get his uh, parents' Cougar, and you, you go cruise Main Street in that. I, uh, my mom got a '87 Chrysler LeBaron convertible. In 87, they were actually hard cars to get when we got them. It was the Indy Pace car that year, and ours was red with the black top, gray leather, <laughs> or pleather interior. Interior. That was kind of a cool car. You know, p- people would accuse you of having mommy and dad's car, but fortunately, my name was the same as my dad's, so it was on the registration. <laughs> it wasn't dad's car as far as, uh, you know, the high school girls that I was in high school at the time. We were trying to pick up and, you know, acting all cool and and such. Now, I know it might be too early for this show, but 
uh, unless we, ex- you know, kind of reach back into the seventies a little bit, but could I, could I show up in one of my Chryslers with their fine Corinthian leather? Ricardo Montalvan was a friend of Lee Iacocca's and Lee Iacocca took his job in 1980. So yes. Listen, John, you need to show up in an 85 LeBaron town and country convertible with the wood grain. That's what you need. I would kill to have one of those cars and it could be base white or base green. It can't be anything else, but that's just like, I like, you know, we used to have the Dodge 600 ES turbo convertible, which was the LeBaron with a different grill and did not have the stick on wood grain. (laughs) Now you You gotta have the wood grain. You know, we're, we're making a little bit of fun of eighties and nineties cars here, but, and, and, you know, we keep saying that we don't know, if there's anything you know significant that came out of this era that we'd really want to show up in in this um at this show but i think historically speaking this is coming from someone who's a curator obviously and has a history background but there is one vehicle we're overlooking that would be the most h- historically significant to show up to radwood in anybody want Nope. The minivan. Oh, a minivan. Yeah, baby. I can post a link. 80, 84, 85 Dodge Caravans are some of mm-hmm. the hottest cars right now from the 80s. And if you really get into looking at them, there was a work van with paneled sides. And for a period of time, it might have been 86 87 they built a five-speed floor shift turbo mini a chrysler minivan if anyone has one of those please let me know because that sounds extremely fun and i would love to drive it i will send you a link i recently surprise saw one for sale (laughs) (laughs) now i can see will rolling up in a dodge caravan Hell yeah. Oh, no. No, 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 no minivans uh, for me there. Come on, you got, you've got kids. You've got a wife. That's what minivans are meant for. Not my kids and not my wife. I kid my wife some about getting a minivan and uh, she, she cusses me out. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, no, um, now, okay, if we're doing it as a joke, yeah, I'm all about it. But on a serious note, no way. No way. No no minivan for me. How many times do you know that we're actually serious on this show? That's true. Give me a minivan. Let's go. I'm ready. Only if John rides shotgun with his mullet and his members-only jacket and his white... What, Reeboks? Wasn't it Reeboks back then? Solid white Reeboks? My shoes um, in the late uh, not 80s, I had uh, ASIC Tigers, and I had Nikes. And one the Nikes, I know, were white, base white with red toes and a red heel and metallic gold swooshes. And the Acus, I can't remember the base color, but the... the uh, uh, logo on those was also metallic gold. 
It's not like had, I'm stuck had, in the eighties or anything. <laughs> I had, uh, oh. I think I had, what, what were they? Nike, Nike pumps in the nineties. The ones that you like had the little thing Re- on the Reebok. tongue that you'd pump up. Reebok. Reebok. Reebok, Reebok was that Reeboks? Okay. Yep. I couldn't remember which one it was, but if we're rolling in the minivan, I want to sit in the rear facing seat at the back. Uh, Did those have those? No, minivans never had a rear-facing seat. Uh, I just, let's see here. October 5th, 2017, 85 Dodge Caravan, $6,500. I'm trying to figure out how many miles are on it. Stored and covered and... 145,000. That's uh, that's the 1990 Turbo. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. This, this, This was a different listing. And and let me throw in this. Like I said, I'm a product of the '80s, and I don't deny it. We had one of the first caravans. Uh, we had an '84 Dodge Caravan Maroon, five passenger version. Uh, one of the very first ones sold. We also had an '85, an '86, an '87. No, we didn't have an '87. We had an '88. We had an '89. We had a '90. We had a '91. We pretty much have had caravans from just about every model year up until they went egg-shaped. And to this day, well, I guess about four months ago, my dad finally gave up his caravan uh, for a Honda Odyssey. He loved his caravans. He had caravan. He drove a caravan daily until 93 when he got his Lexus, drove his Lexus for a couple of years, got a Dodge Ram to replace it because it had a snowplow. And when he stopped driving the Dodge Ram, he went back to minivan, Dodge Caravans, and drove those up until the Honda Odyssey just a couple of months ago. So I am all about minivans. I lo- love caravans. And like I said, anything 80s Chrysler on a K car platform, I want in my garage. And remember, I don't have kids, so I'm not worried about leaving them anything. Oh. And- even if I even if I did, obviously I'm not leaving them anything with a car collection like that. Unless Radwood takes off. John, you 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 uh you worry me sometimes, man. But you know what? Am I being am, am I being removed from the podcast now because I've turned in my car guy card? <laughs> no, no de- <coughs> excuse me. Definitely not. Um <coughs> but you know Hey, it takes all to make the world go round, right? So, um, I'm not making fun of you by any means for liking. Uh, but I've I've left you speechless. It, you, you definitely have, um, and you refer to them a lot. So I don't know why it always surprises me when when you talk about really liking those cars. I mean, um, can you? I mean. Do, do you like them just for the sheer fact that you guys had them growing up and you enjoyed riding in them in the memories or you just, you think they look good. You think they ride good. You think they handle good. They had good motor transmission brakes. I mean, what's your reasoning for really liking those cars? Honest, honestly, I think it is the memories. Yeah. I think that they are good-looking cars. They are the least reliable things anymore, and that's what keeps me from buying them because I don't want to work on them. They're nightmares to work on. Yeah. 
They are cobbled together parts from Volkswagen, Mitsubishi, Chrysler, and any any other parts bin that Iacocca could get his hands into. That's why I don't have them, but I, I see them for sale all the time. They're two to five thousand dollars all day long, and it was my youth. It's what I you know what I grew up with. I so got I got you. See, I grew up. I grew up in my dad always having. Chevrolet trucks, and uh, I remember him having a K5 Blazer. Um, you know, so I mean, that's I mean, that's probably one of the biggest reasons I've always liked those trucks. Uh, you grew up around hot rods, you grew up uh, in a racing scene, and that's your love today. And I think that gets instilled into us when we're, we're youths, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's um. That's a great reason to like something, you know, is it's your, it's your memories of, uh, riding with your mom and dad to the grocery store or, you know, halfway across the country on vacation, whatever you were doing. Uh, I'm sure my psychiatrist, if he listened to this episode would worry a little bit about my childhood and why I'm still obsessed with it. But, you know, I, I had fun. I think I had a good childhood and we enjoyed it. And in any little parts of it that, that that are neat. Plus they're rare cars. When's the last time you, you saw that 85 uh, LeBaron Woody convertible actually driving down the road? We'll, we will see them on online for sale. When's the last time you knew somebody who owned them? Well, well, here's, here's my thing about that rare car. Just because it's rare. Don't mean it's valuable. It was rare then because it was ugly then and it's still ugly now so <laughs> i mean i hate to keep beating a dead horse here but that that is the valid argument we hear it all the time and i'm sure derek does with museum donations oh it, it was rare the reason it was it's rare is because nobody liked it then that's right the, you're exactly i but the thing, the thing when it comes to K cars or Ford Escorts or these Chrysler convertibles, they sold a brick ton of them. True. Ex- except that's the second half. They were unreliable. They were junk, and they went away. <laughs> they yeah. they didn't last. You know, if you have a a '64 Impala convertible, you can leave it sit outside for 40 years, and it's only going to rust halfway through the sheet metal. Yeah. You, you leave a Chrysler '85 Chrysler Baron outside for 40 years, you're going to have a vacant lot because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to there's it's not gonna even rust nothing. <laughs> there's not even going to be any dust there. Hey, Derek. Hey, sorry, I got lost in research. My bad. All right. <laughs> I, I, I sent him that Turbo Caravan link. and Oh, he was on it. I, I was all over it, and then I was also trying to figure out why I had in this vision in my head of riding rear-facing in a van. And uh, I think it's because I, I was blending a few uh, childhood memories together, so... I apologize. Yeah. That was that was I, I there. We had a minivan. My mom had a Dodge Caravan at one point, but then some of my family members also had full size vans, and some of those had the captain's chairs that you could spin around in and face yep. backwards and do all the fancy things. I think I blended two things in my mind there. So, 
Well, you know, a lot of the My station mistake. wagons back then. Uh, well, we did have one of the wagons. The the GM station wagons were through the. I couldn't tell you when it started, but till my grandfather's last one was rear facing seat. Yep. I don't I don't know if the Egg Impalas had the rear facing seat, but his uh, his Pontiac Parisienne wagon from eighty nine, I think, had the rear yep. facing seat. Yep, I'm I'm pretty sure that those bubble Impalas and Caprices, the Caprice wagons. I think the non-passenger ones had a rear-facing seat. I could be wrong. I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure they did. And the, the Fords that my grandfather had, the wagons, they had, the, the seat was in the same place, but they would open up with the backs to the side of the car, so you sat sideways in them. But the GMs, you faced rear. And... It was a lot easier to get in and out of, of the GM ones than it was the Ford ones. Things, uh you can't do anymore in the name of safety because we don't want to kill our kids. That's right. Well, somehow we uh, have probably thoroughly bored everyone. And if you are still, <laughs> still listening, uh, we're probably going to, we'll close it up here. We'll let you know if I actually run with my crazy idea about Radwood and such. In the uh, final gift card giveaway, we appreciate everybody checking out you know, our Amazon link, et cetera. Um, our chosen winner for that final $10 gift card is uh, Troy Wesson. He's commented tons on uh, social media. So I, I don't know if he's, he, he was begging for his 10 bucks or what, but we'll reach out to Troy. We'll get him that card. And remember, check out the website for the affiliate links. We've got some things on there that we suggested. We kind of barrage Facebook for about a week with some gift ideas. And we do appreciate those of you that have clicked the links and have went through and purchased a few items. Might end up turning into a soundboard or something for one of us. Is there anything else that you guys want to pick on me about or say about 80s cars, 90s cars, the Radwood movement, or... Are we no, out of here for the evening? I'm, I'm good. Congratulations, Troy. Thanks for the support, man. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was pretty good. And um, I, I was questioning it a little bit when we first got started. But, you know, I think it turned out good. I think it's going to be a good episode. Listeners, let us know. if the And if you have any topics, please let uh, go ahead and shoot us a message. Uh, we do have our topic list, but... We would like to talk about, maybe you want to hear us debate or laugh or make fun of or seriously discuss something that's concerning you or a question in the uh, collector car or even just the automobile hobby anymore. Derek, do you have any last minute words? No, I, I think it was a good conversation. And uh, yeah, if you decide to put together a Radwood show, uh, you know, let us know well enough in advance. Maybe I'll pick something up and drive down there from Kentucky and roll out in my, I don't know, white suit with pastels. <laughs> well, that shall be it for the evening. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm out of here. Later.